The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, it is episode 338 of the Spanish Announce Table, and I tell you what, um, I did nothing but uh, stake uh, everything I've got on MJF. MJF, we are riding high on. We are jumping on the wave and seeing where it takes us. I am excited. I'm going to be a complete and honest, transparent person right now, though, Tim. I have no idea what we did. So why don't you fill in the people, because you're smarter than me, on what we did in terms of hitching our wagon to MJF. Yeah. Um, thanks, anybody joining live. Um we are um, uh, live on YouTube right now for anybody listening on the podcast version. If you didn't know, we are live on YouTube. Uh, you should check it out. And if you like it, please, 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 before we discuss this uh, MJF stuff, pause your YouTube pop, pause podcast. Go to SpanishDownsTable.net, and there's a donate link. And I'm going to be honest. We need the money. Uh, we, 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 all right, so let's back up. Um, MJF came out on Twitter this week and said, hey, idiots. Uh, I'm starting my own cryptocurrency, right? You can buy the MJF coin uh, because my coin's better than you, and we know it, or and you know it. And I thought, Tom, MJF is better than us, and we know it. We do. And so I thought, look, what better way than to put everything on the line on MJF coin? Everything. For the listeners or viewers on our YouTube page, we are not kidding we put everything on the line for this MJF everything, coin. Because, because MJF is going to make us rich because I believe that much in MJF. And, and you did too. I mean, we had this conversation. We were like, look at the guy. Look at his scarf. Look at the guy's scarf. The scarf itself should have its own coin that would also make millions of dollars. So just that yeah. the scarf is on MJF would indicate that this is going, as Cameron Grimes from NXT would say, to the moon. Yeah, to the moon. And, and I, I can't stress enough that, you know, we, we bought in, right? We bought in. We put a lot of money down. I don't want to make anybody jealous or feel lesser than by saying the amounts or anything. So we'll just go off of what happened here, right? Everything. Everything. We bought in at this MJF coin when one MJF was equal to $8.78 a U.S. dollars, right? Pretty, pretty not a decent bad, money, right? So not a bad purchase. We can, purchase. Throw, I mean, we can just yeah. throw it down, right? So we got out the checkbooks. That's how we do things in 2021, as Tom and I mm -hmm. wrote some checks, right? Some physical checks. And we sent it on over to Mr. F. Right? Yeah, Mr. F. And um, we said, thanks, man. We're going to be rich man. because MJF is going to make us rich. And uh, Tom, I shit you not, within five hours, that thing had shot up to $23.70 U.S. cents per MJF. And we were we were ready to go buy a yacht. Well, so, Tim, I didn't want to um, surprise you in the moment, but I guess I'll surprise you now. I have bought a new car because I knew we are going to be rich. Isn't this great? I don't even have to pay for this thing because we're making so much money. Of course, I put it on the credit card. That's how you build credit, Tim. I'm not a complete idiot. So we've got a Spanish announce table car. Tim, this is, we're going to the moon. MJF, 
I'm buying scarves next. Tom, Come Tom, on. Tom. What up? Tom. Yeah. Everything? You put everything on it? Yeah. Did you yeah. ask your wife about this? It's our money. What does she have to do you with this? You put all this of your is... money on this MJF coin. Whoop, whoop. All of the savings. You, mm-hmm. like, I, too, might have put what, what I need to pay the mortgage on this MJF coin. And, again, bought in at 878 Shot up to 2370 But, Tom... If you bought a car, I yep. hope you can return it because right, right. now that thing is sitting at three dollars and twenty-five uh, cents uh, for an MJ. More it's down sixty-three percent. No, no, we're down, up more. No, we are down sixty-three percent. To what? From what we started with, everything. <laughs> you have sixty-three percent less of everything right now. But um, I have faith, Tom. We're going to hold on for dear life because MJF is going to make us rich. It's going to take us to the moon. This is just people bought it for novelty, and then they 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 got rid of it because they were like, trust me, it's, it's going to go back up. I believe in MJF. He's better than us, and we know it. So this here, let me put the graphic back up so you can see it again. This 63% down, that's just this week, right? Next week, that number is going to go up, right? We may still be a little down overall, I hope. But like, I think I think it'll bounce back. I think it'll be like the next Bitcoin or or whatever those things are. Tim, I bought a car. I bought a new car. Is that with... the Lambo I saw the picture on the Instagram? Well, no, I didn't. I mean, you bought another one other than the Lambo. <sighs> no, I mean, yes, the Hummer so, too. No, but that's a lease. So, <sighs> but it's gonna come back. That's the deal. That's <sighs> what these things do. They go up. They go down. MJF Tim, is going to make us rich. Tim, I yes. I mean. Yes. Right here. I Look, mean, it, I know it's down. It's, I know it's down. But it's, we bought well, at 878, and I know we're at 320. I know that's bad. I know it's only been a week. But that means Tim, it's got nowhere to go but up, baby, to the moon. We're going to be like Cameron Grimes, dude. Tim, it's the 24th. My first payment is due at the first. Oh, you didn't even get like the first month. It was, why would I? We have all the money. Really? Everything? everything? It was everything $23. You should have checked with me about the car. It's MJF. I know. Look, somebody must be up. To, I bet Cody Rhodes did this. It is Cody Rhodes. Yeah. That blonde-haired fuck, it is Cody Rhodes' fault. I am blaming this on Cody Rhodes. It's a conspiracy. They hate scarves. They hate pinky rings. They hate fine taste and limousines and really great promos. Jim. It's going to get there. It'll get back to the moon. That's how these things work. That's how like stonks and, and they're going to come for me. If I don't pay this car off, give him the keys. Damn. Could, hey, maybe you could ask Cameron Grimes for some money. I just, how do we make this go up? Do more people need to buy it? Yes, you guys should go buy this MJF coin. Check out his Twitter. Buy it because, look, we need to get this here. I'm going to put this graphic up again just so Tom can get a good look at it again. Um, I, we need this red arrows to be green arrows. We need this to go up to the moon, as as the kids on the Reddit say. Reddit.com. Is that right? I don't know, Tim. Stonk. I was reading things in my new car, feeling comfortable with life decisions. 
Tim? You made great decisions. It's a long play. It's a long MJF said it's going to be great. It is going to be great. It's not great right now, Tim. It'll get there. Tim? Tom? How do, wh- what do we, Tim? MJF? Yeah, MJF can come through for us. Trust me. How do, uh, MJF coin, you guys can buy it. It's on the rally. It's on the Ethereum blockchain. I think that's a lot of words that I read. I don't really fully understand. Tim, everything's them, spinning. to the moon. I know it's going to the moon, Tom. Tim, Trust everything, look, everything is look, spinning. You just you I, didn't tell your wife yet, right? I don't feel yeah, well. Your wife, right? Yeah. She's right. on the YouTube stream, so we're not going to acknowledge. Oh, she's I, I, oh, Hey, um, this was all a punked prank. Check no, in next wasn't. week to see the numbers shooting up like they are, really. No. Yeah. Anyway, Tom, pro wrestling. Man, uh, a wild, funny thing happened in pro wrestling. Um, there was good news. There was good news. What? We got mentioned on a pay-per-view. Does that give us money? Residual later down the road. Yeah, maybe we should check in on some royalties. Next okay. Week, next week, we may have somebody that was on this pay-per-view on the show. Okay, give me, Tim. Tim, you, uh-huh. Okay, so mm-hmm. t- give me a sec. Tell everyone about what happened. And just g- give me a second here, and then I'll, I'll get on the same page as you. I... I have to send some text messages, and I've got to call some people. How about this graphic right here, this this MJF coin plummet from this week that we put everything on. Tim, we put. I, am I gonna have to sell this hat? How much? Is Are you hat? gonna have to start hooking again? How much is that? Do you think I stopped? Um, yes, of course, of course, I'm gonna have to do that. Um, listen, Tom. We're a pro wrestling show. They don't need to know about our our wonderful, rich lives that we're going to have here when this thing goes to the moon. Tim. Yeah. MJF is going to make us rich. Okay. Let me... One second here. Let me take a big drink of water. Mm -hmm. Tim, we did get mentioned. We did get mentioned on a pay-per-view. It was the GCW Outlaw Mudge Show, and it was such a blast. Now... For longtime listeners, you guys know, we typically stay with what's nationally broadcasted, right? So the WWE, sometimes it was TNA when they were on Spike TV. Now it's AEW since they're on TNT. That's typically our bread and butter. We stick right in there. But I, on a whim, because I was feeling so great because of the MJF coin, was like, hey, let's purchase a pay-per-view and support independent pro wrestling. So... I ordered GCW Outlaw Mud Show. It was headlined by MDK leader Nick Gage, the GCW heavyweight champion. And Tim, I don't know about you. I will start with my instant reactions. So much fun. Out in left field, literally it felt like in Laramie, Wyoming in a barn. It was a legit and, barn. This thing had yeah. livestock in it. it was oh my so god! Fun. There was a goat. There was a donkey. There was a horse, and then there was pro wrestling. And there was no less than probably seven times a "fuck that horse" chant. Cause fuck that horse. <laughs> that fuck horse that didn't horse. go to the ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I tell you what, um, this had all of the makings of my favorite elements of pro wrestling where it had people that were doing this because they legitimately love it. It wasn't 
and not to discredit anyone who comes into our world from other endeavors, but it wasn't bodybuilders or MMA fighters looking to make a quick dollar. It was people who said, you know, it would be fun. And what I want to do with my life, I want to be a pro wrestler. And so obviously I mentioned Nick Gage. This was my first time viewing him uh, on a live pay-per-view. Obviously we've seen clips. We've seen the uh, dark side of the ring episode of Nick Gage. I thought he was captivating. Tim, what did you think of Nick Gage? Nick Gage was interesting. I, it definitely a unique presentation, I think, that isn't being met anywhere on the main shows, right? Um, and definitely why I can see why he's the guy, right, of the, of the promotion and why everybody kind of wants to be that guy and the attitude. Um, so I, I like Nick Gage a lot. Um, so much of this show stood out, though. I mean, there was so much cool stuff. I, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I thought – so obviously when I get excited about pro wrestling, where I first go is to analogies of ECW because that, again, is a special place in my heart. It's going to forever be my favorite promotion. But for Nick Gage, it felt like he had the best elements of Sandman and a little bit of – uh, new Jack, where it was like, he had the, like, Hey, this guy's actually robbed a bank. Hey, he might actually fucking kill you, but he's going to be, be this captivating figure. That's going to start a little riot in the crowd before he even makes it to the ring. Like Sandman did with his entrance. And he's just going to go balls to the wall in a death match where he's going to staple gun your tongue to a door. It was just incredible yeah that was an insane spot um one of the cool things i think about gcw and again if you're just joining us live we're talking about the gcw outlaw mud show that happened tom was broadening his his horizons and purchased the pay-per-view and then i watched later um this was amazing and um it the one of the things i like about it is just i get where this gcw is gaining steam it feels so just contemporary and real in the moment and not held back if that makes any sense right like there's just there's nothing going on that's like there's they're letting them go do what they want and i mean it's raw sometimes and not polished but it it is it feels grassroots to every level every level yeah and i like that they do the independent pro wrestling show gimmick where you're going to see guys that you may not have heard of as far as like a war horse. Although if you've watched dynamite and you saw him answer the open challenge when Cody was a TNT champion, but you're going to see war horse or AJ gray, but then you're also going to see, you know, uh, stars from yesterday when it's too cold Scorpio or it's uh it's Ricky Morton. I thought that was really cool. The blend of like, hey, you might not know who AJ Gray is, but you're going to, at but least if you're a pro wrestling fan, know who Too Cold Scorpio you're gonna is. You're going to see a guy ride on a goat. You're going to yep. see a goat, a goat chant. You're going to mm-hmm. hear a fuck that horse chant. And right? a donkey. You're going to see a guy's tongue stapled to a door. You're going to see a guy's ass out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I, there was so much fun. The, the, the conversations that Joey Janela and Kevin Gill have on commentary are hilarious. Talking about the hardest part of the ring, and they bring yeah. up that the hardest part of the ring is not the ring apron, it is the ring post. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Come on. Ten right. times out of ten, mm-hmm. it's going to be the yeah. ring post. It is but the post, but <laughs> pro wrestling law tells us you got to say it when somebody hits the thing. You know what I mean? Right. You got to say the thing. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I love this show. This was fun to watch, right? I'm excited. Obviously, I think GCW, outside of just gaining steam from a grassroots movement, is also gaining the casuals' attention because of what uh, Matt Cardona, also known as Zack Ryder, is doing, where he's bringing 
and John Moxley is bringing casual eyes over to GCW. I think we're all building towards this Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona match that I'm very excited about. Who knew when we kicked off 2021 that one of the best stories of the year was going to be Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. They are doing all of the best things that gets my attention. I love it. Albeit, I did see somebody tweet, and this was, you know, maybe it was a bit kind of like, okay, I see what you did here, was they said, is it really all that surprising that absent of WWE handcuffing Matt Cardona, he's finding a way to get himself over on the internet. Like, he's always done that when he's been allowed to do that. That is true. Yeah, credit to him. Mm -hmm. Yes. But again, I thought it was, uh, in my defense of saying that, I guess, is, you know, once someone gets to a certain part in their career, it's not necessarily always the case that they're going to reinvent themselves. So with that being said, credit to Matt Cardona for going out on a limb, calling the GCW fans, the GCW universe, which I think is awesome. I'm very excited for Nick Gage to do his deathmatch style with the Matt Cardona, who is a WWE product through and through. So that mashing of styles is going to be captivating. And I wanted to get a taste. So we started with this outlaw mud show in a fucking barn in Wyoming in a barn. It was so great. I mean, you could hear the livestock going off. And I, I love that they're even talking. He was, he's like, you just hear rustling of the headset, and he's like, get it together over there. He's like, I'm, wor- I'm fixing stuff over here. He's like, when there's, <laughs> when there's tape on the headset, you know, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> like, just, yeah, I just, they, it's just real. It's honest. It's raw. It, it is on the hardcore side. You've got to be ready for some hardcore stuff. There's, there's some blood. There is some barbed wires. There's some, you know what I mean? Staple guns. Um, there is that. But they, yeah, but that. they do have some athletes. It's not just deathmatch guys who, you know, can't really work a match. AJ Gray was the guy I left with thinking like this guy could be on 205 Live yesterday and be their champion because he could do all the moves that they could. But he comes out with this just, you know, you don't want to make eye contact with him because he might beat you up kind of thing. Like I thought he was awesome. I'm very interested to see where he goes. He is a former GCW heavyweight champion. I found out. Uh, so very interested to see his character. I don't know what they do. I, I, I feel like the last times I'd heard their names, they were in the same place. And now they were doing this thing out in Laramie, Wyoming. They should do this. Go to every small little random spot and be like the circus coming through town. If, if I can give any advice. That come came off as that. Like it was the big top circus. Everybody was in town, you know, coming to see the freaks and geeks come and get down, right? Like I, I loved it. Although I will say, uh, make sure that you have some expenses to deal with the cops because if you saw the story after the pay-per-view, eight cops came to the event because <laughs> they thought that the Nick Gage match was a real fight because it spilled out of the ring and into the concession area. So they had eight officers showing up thinking that they were going to stop I mean, a physical been, dispute. Really credit to them look at that working people into a shoot in 2021 credit to them for keeping pro wrestling real hey look they great job a lot gcw in laramie wyoming so yeah God, i love it though. came across great i loved it 
I loved it. Even All right, with, so now, like, even with the tech issues and stuff, like it was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah, and the tech issues was endearing because they obviously knew what they were going up against, and they they handled it well. Uh, Joey Janela's live tweets plugs in a in a barn in Laramie, Wyoming. Right, exactly. And Joey Janela handling it with talking shit to the fans and then being told not to talk to the shit to the fans. Thought that was great. Joey Janela was another bright spot. Obviously, I've been a fan of his in AEW as far as in ring competitor, but his commentary yeah. work was Before off we the move charts. On then let's sidebar off on Joey janela apparently joey janela pulled a borat and went to the meeting that that spray tan cena the former nxt referee goes to sat next to him pulled like stood up and spoke like him stormed out of the place had like janela for <laughs> for you know state rep sign, like right whatever it was school janella. board god more of this more yeah joey janela yes. is insane now we've always known he's insane but if you're AEW, I don't know what type of contract Joey Janelle is on. He's creating such a stir that you got to do something with them here. And I know they had a, a segment on Elevation where Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela have split up. But now let's take this rocket ship, you know, put that MJF coin behind Joey Janela and push him to the moon. Because again... We have everything on the MJF quiz. Yeah, we have everything we've got. Anyhow. So please go to SpanishDownsTable.net and hit that donate button because please. right now the MJF coin is not doing so hot. And we put I bought a car. Two of them. What a car. He keeps, he okay. keeps, not, he hey. keeps refusing to admit it was two of them. No, it was just one, but it was a lot of money. <laughs> oh, it was the price. Of two okay. Of them. That's right. All right. Okay. Okay, let's talk about yeah. our favorite show, yes. weekly show, AEW and Dynamite. Pause. Since since you know uh, when when I flip back and forth here, you know, pulling the curtain back here, I run the you know, I'm pulling the levers and flipping the whatever what was the guy you, you used to work with say, uh, twisting the knobs and then pushing the faders oh, or whatever. Yeah, sliding yeah. the faders and pushing the uh, knobs. When behind you, you'll see uh, QT Marshall, and man, uh, Cutie. Oh, Sorry, man. We forgot you again, cutie. We love you, and we were gonna book you on. We we got busy booking an interview for next week, which we did book. Um, I don't want to announce it because you know things fall through. I don't want to look like a jackass. Uh, but we we tentatively cards booked, subject uh, to know. change. Yeah, uh, cutie. God, we love you. You're our biggest fan, and we get it, and we know, and we we keep telling you we're gonna get you on the show. But we at least put your photo up here. Hey, you're doing great work, cutie. I tell you, what, quads and triceps, keep doing what you're thing, doing your thing. Quad keep on staying Marsupial. in the gym. Yeah, love it, love, love it, cutie, cutie. Yeah. So, AEW Dynamite was what happened, man. Right? I mean, we love us some AEW Dynamite. Uh, it's the best show going week in and week out from an overall, I think, enjoyment perspective, in our opinion. So, we like to do a deep dive of you each week. Now it's Friday again. Still Friday yeah, so- this week. It'll be Saturday this week. Yeah, so last Friday was the AEW Dynamite show, and then this coming Saturday is the next AEW Dynamite show, but we're going to recap last week's episode. It's Thursday right now, right? And it's a Thursday right now. I tell you what, there's a lot of moving parts here. I'm still trying to... I'm still trying to get my bearings about this news of coins. MJF is going to make us rich. I promise, Tom. Well, let's talk about him a little bit. But before we get to him, don't put everything on it. It I put everything in it, Tim. I said a lot, but not everything. Go big or go home. Isn't that the Cody Rhodes show? But you have to have a home to go to, Tom. 
I wanted you, another one. Uh, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You may have to sell this one and get it back later or something, but to the moon, baby. To the I'm... moon, MJF coin. All right, so let's talk about it. So the AW Dynamite show kicked off with an MMA rules cage fight. Jake Hager taking on Wardlow. Tim, before I give my opinions, I want to see, because I am an MMA fan. Most people know that who listen to this show. But, Tim, I know you are not necessarily the biggest MMA fan. So you saw an MMA rules cage fight in AEW. What did you think? So I felt like they they might, they might tried to make it feel like an actual legit cage fight. I kept thinking Tom's probably dissecting this as all bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but There's a hurricane Rana. But you've got to work the thing. Yeah, aside from when they went, so they started the match. They, they, I'll give them that. They attempted to storyline work the way into sprinkling in his professional wrestling prowess to help. Right. Like they, mm -hmm. they, they tried to make that a thing. I'll give them credit for that. It wasn't just like pro wrestlers in a thing. But I'm sure all I kept thinking was, I don't even watch MMA, but I'm sure this is coming across as god awful to a, a hardcore MMA enthusiast. Um, but to a certain know. extent, yeah. well, to a certain extent, because for one, heavyweights suck, and so they weren't too far off. Because uh, if you've ever watched heavyweight uh, mixed martial arts fights, uh, they're garbage because they're a bunch of fat guys who gas out in two minutes, unless you're Cain Velasquez or the top of the top one percent. Generally like speaking, us. exactly. Right. Generally speaking, though, heavyweight MMA is absolute dog shit. With that being said. I think it was good to do something out of the box. I think what we both said about whoever was going to be the second promotion to take on WWE, don't be Diet Raw or don't be Diet SmackDown. Come to us with a different presentation, whether that was Impact Wrestling and the Broken Universe for Matt Hardy when that started, or in this case, an MMA Rules cage fight. I applaud them for doing that. I will say, though, let's not do it again. It was fine. It was a cool attraction. It was great that it started off the show. So they didn't have too much build to it to where it's like, this is going to be an epic collision between two unstoppable forces. They just said, Nope. Hey, look at this crazy thing. We're going to start off with the show with a crazy thing. And you're like, okay, where, where's this going to go? So I like the placement of the car or of the match. And I also like their attempt at not being just wrestling match to start off the show. Mm. Where I did like this, though, is post-match, where MJF comes in and gives the old how's your father to Dean Malenko. Now, this is the second time we've seen Dean Malenko on our AEW television. We saw him once backstage just hanging out with Chris Jericho, talking bullshit and having fun. Now we see him in this capacity coming to Chris Jericho's defense because Chris Jericho was getting the worked over by uh, Sean Spears. And then MJF takes liberties with uh, Dean Malenko punches him in the face. Where do you see Dean Malenko being incorporated in the story? Or is it just for this one-off? Yeah. I get the feeling that it's just to try to like help kind of make sure everybody thinks Chris Jericho is a face. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't know, and maybe you watched six months ago, AEW, and you're coming back, Chris Jericho was a heel back then. I could understand yeah, that. I yeah, I don't envision that they've got like, and then Dean Malenko 
gains power of the you know what i mean like I, dean malenko's he's still bringing about the same sustenance from a charisma standpoint mm-hmm. um that he brought back in the day um so yeah i don't know that you know he's the man of a thousand holds but let's hold up on giving him the mic you know uh, let's not let him hold the mic so right yeah i um but keep holding that mjf coin tom i have to um yeah i MMA put everything fight, into it yeah the mma fight i thought you know, yeah, great. It happened. I, it happened. You know, I do like, again, MJF healing out, but I just, it's inner circle pinnacle. And here we go with some more, I guess. But it looked like the two big dudes were about ready to kind of slap hands, maybe make out a little bit before that happened. So is there a little subplot happening there? Yeah, I mean, you get enough respect for someone after you've fought them you so many times. Yeah, you got to at least give them a hug. Give right. him a good old reach around. That's what I've always right. heard. A little pat uh, on the glute. But I will glute say. Pat. Everybody knows that. Everybody everyone knows. needs a good old glute pat. I, I will say, though, uh, MJF came off as the dastardly heel that we all hate. But I do like, and I hope they lean more into this if they're going to continue this inner circle pinnacle feud. It seemed like Sammy Guevara is taking the reins as the. I'll fight him and I'll fight all of them by myself. If I have to, I like that. It's Sammy Guevara pushing himself into the forefront of Chris Jericho might be past his prime. Right. And it's right. me. I'm so the, I'm the guy. Right if you give me the pencil. Okay. And I take over right, right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to book it that way. Right. We're going to still get more of this pinnacle inner circle to kind of the point where we already are, where we're like, Jesus, is this still really going on? And the mm-hmm. inner circle starts losing interest, right? They're like, hey, look, we each beat him once. We're fine. And Sammy's like, no, they need to hurt. They try to take everything from us. And Jericho's even like, dude, stop. And Guevara's like, no, right? Like, you think, you think, for Kazarian's the, the elite hunter. I'm the damn pinnacle hunter, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to murder each one of these guys to where he maybe goes a little, you know what I mean, a little more intense, a little more raw, like a little more lone wolf going off his own, and this inner circle finally just kind of peters out because everybody's like, well, listen, like, I, we did everything we could. We beat them up. I got to go do more MMA fights and fuck my wife, and Jericho's got to go make some more <laughs> shitty songs. And, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, the LAX guy's got to go actually win some tag team titles, so. Yeah, maybe that is where we go. I I like that idea. We will be getting MJF versus Sammy Guevara on this special Saturday night AEW Dynamite show. So I'm very excited to see what happens because that's, again, that's where, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what we're wanting, and it's happening this week. So excited to see what happens there. But we will recap that next week uh, when we uh, watch that on Saturday night. Next up on this Friday night edition of AEW Dynamite was a handicap match. It was Darby Allen taking on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. This, at times, was uncomfortable because Darby Allen maybe wants to kill himself, it feels like. He does not have any regard for his uh, well-being. And that is disturbing, but also captivating. Yeah, I mean, it is It is what you're saying. It's captivating. It's disturbing in that it's sinking that in about the Darby Allen character, but I felt like that was already sunk in about the Darby Allen character. I like this men of the year name. I like that shtick, but I feel like it's not going to pop as the shtick in this particular 
thing. It's one thing if they're bullying the little guy, but again, we don't need Darby Allen to get over on two guys for Darby Allen to be over, and it can only hurt men of the year to do that to him. So I, I kind of wish they would just abandon now, right? We don't see Darby like we give him a little time off because he was hurt, and then the men of the year go on and be the, you know, smell our dicks, look at our fine clothes, which aren't, you know what I mean, um, right. and and be full of themselves. I liked that in this handicap match, they didn't go with the WWE style of booking where somehow Darby Allen gets a victory over both guys. And then you go, well, how can we ever take this team serious? They lost together against a guy who's maybe 180 pounds, right? So I like that they got the win. That was the right decision to say, look, we're two badasses. It's two on one. We're obviously going to win this. Now, Darby Allen had his good moments. I think he zip-tied uh, Ethan Page's feet together at one point. So it was good to see that like he could do more things than just be thrown into a wall. But I was glad that the team got the win over the individual. I just don't know where we go next because Sting didn't make an appearance here. He wasn't uh, pro, you know, advancing any storyline there unless his absence is the storyline. I I'm I'm interested, but I'm also thinking we That's may need to do a reset. That's it. I want next week Sting to be like, "Hey, Darby, saw you take the beating," and I want Darby to be like, "Where the hell were you?" And he'd be like, "Where the hell was I?" You told me not to show up. Be like, "You were never fucking had my back." Like I fucking hate you, right? And then like I'm coming after you, Sting. This is your fault. And just be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Right? Like that would be That's great. What I want yes. Yeah, I That's would. What I want. I'm... Anything less is gonna be. You know, not as good. Pale. Yep. I I think I think to your point there though is we do need to transition out of men of the year taking on Sting and Darby Allen because we already got that match double or nothing, and I think we need to go to Sting Darby Allen. Are they friends? Are they not? Are they going to be friends? Are they going to be enemies? I want to see that story now advance because we've done the Sting and Darby. BFFs, you know, mentor, mentory, uh, kind of thing for enough segments to where I'm ready to see something else. But we shall see if anything gets advanced on this Saturday's edition of AEW Dynamite. Real quick, Tom, uh, before we continue our AEW Dynamite recap, uh, I was filling in. Uh, Big Josh has joined the chat and he said, uh, you know, he's late to the show because him and the missus were eating. And I filled him in that we discussed about the. MJF crypto coin and how you put everything on it. And now I have all of my money in the crypto coin. Yeah. And I, you told me it was up. And so, yeah, here, let me, um, I bought a car. Yeah. It's, um, here, let me, let me find the graphic again. Cause I want to make sure that you get to see it one more time. Here we are. We're down, uh, for big Josh. Anybody knew the chat, you know, we bought the MJF coin at eight seventy eight. Uh, U.S. dollars per coin last week, and um, Tom, you know, it's sixty-three percent there. Tom put everything he had against better judgment, and he bought a car, and um, it did go up right when we bought it. For Tom, in Tom's defense, it went up. You know, it was up to twenty-seven dollars a coin. So we, you know, he really thought, and I told it him was, it's a long game. Now, it was the first don't, day. Don't you jump could only so go fast. up. You, well, no, you can't always only go up. You yeah, you can. Some. That's how but, MJF. But it's gonna go yeah. back up. MJF is gonna make us rich. I promise you. He better. Yeah. He fucking. But be, better. that's because he's great and he's on AW Dynamite, which is what we're talking. I'll about. I'll tell you this yeah. much, yeah. Tim. Yeah. 
I'll tell you this much, mm-hmm. the inner circle is going to be the least of his problems if the fucking coin makes me lose any more money. Mm-hmm. If I get my car repossessed, I'm going to have to be walking on foot. I'll walk to Jacksonville. Dude, a Lambo is like you. I'll walk to Jacksonville. You're going to have to, it sounds like. You think it's going to well, be the repo man? Yeah, I'll be the repo man. Oh, you'll go get it back. No, it'll be the repo man who'll get it. Yeah. God damn it. Okay, let's get back to dynamite. Yeah, anyway, dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, After the handicap match, we had Orange Cassidy and the best friends with Chris Statlander, although I think she is part of the best friends. I think we can just call them collectively the best friends, taking on Cesar Bononi with the wingmen. Pinky's in, motherfuckers. Where's that coin? Pinky's in. These guys are getting more TV time. I love... I so, Hold on. Let me clarify. I love both of these factions. I still think the best friends are fun when they're on my TV. They're very natural as far as being likable. I like the dynamic between Orange Cassidy and the best friends being the best friends. Uh, I like Chris Statlander being the alien, touching people's noses, being this weird girl that would make sense that she would hang out with these dork friends, right? But the wingmen are vaxxed and waxed and it's a hot boy summer get the pinkies in i love that they were like what were the pinkies they were, like, in somebody off or spraying them or something or whatever and they were like they were like can you do this like well they're technically not touching them so like <laughs> yeah they're gonna make you pretty i yeah, love that yeah, too make you pretty god that's they're crazy. not going to beat you up their goal is to make you over I think that is so original. That is great. I love the wingman. I love it because I love the wingman. It's something that is allowed to foster out the minds of these guys, right? Like they are allowed to kind of come up with this on the fly and just let it go and be themselves. This is how we got DX. You remember DX started as just like Sean Michael group, just being a little snarky. And mm-hmm. then it turned into what it was because of, you know, like they allowed it to grow and evolve. And, and I'm excited for, for where this is headed. I will say this. If I could give one bit of advice on what I would like to see more of the wingmen do, as much as Ryan Nemeth is the leader of this faction and all things wingmen is really based off of his personality. And I like that. I like that as a good foundation for the wingmen. I want to see more pretty Peter Avalon. He's where the money is. He is the funny guy in the promos. If you saw post-match, so Orange Cassidy gets the victory here. Post-match, he's holding Caesar Bononi's head as if it's a Greek tragedy and Caesar's been stabbed in his chest and he P- Peter's just crying to the heavens. I want a little bit more pr- pretty Peter Avalon. I think he could be the guy that gets him more catchphrases, yeah. more TV time. He's great. Um, uh, shout out one more time to Big Josh. Uh, the Rebel, he's known as the Rebel Trucker Tom. He said, uh, You don't have to walk to Jacksonville, Tom. He'll come pick you up. He maybe had to KC in the morning, so get a ride. You know what I mean? I will say this. You know what you got to do for a trucker ride, though? Well, I'll say this to Big Josh. Let's hold off. I may be jumping the gun. Again, it's only been a week, so let's give it a month. And after a month, if MJF has not turned this coin around, I might need a ride to, uh, Put five across his lip, if you know what I'm saying. Take so now going back upon it. So now going back to AEW Dynamite, we had what I thought was the weakest segment of the show, uh, especially for the build. It was Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson taking on our favorite 
quads and triceps, Cutie Marshall, and that other guy, Aaron Solo. This happened. No segment with quick time marsupial is is ever the worst segment. Well, it wasn't Cutie's fault. I'll tell you this much. He was Cutie and he was a Cutie. And he did well. He did well. It was the other three guys that I thought, "Mm." again, Cody, I understand, is a vice president of uh, AEW. He's essentially, like, with the Young Bucks running this whole operation. And I get it. And with that comes a little bit of, um, you're comfortable around everyone, right? You're the big guy, right? Because you're everyone's boss, essentially. But Cody's doing a little bit too much of the, I'm the veteran here, kid. Just watch me and I'll, I'll get you to where we need to go. It's like, hey, man, you're 30s. You're, you've been doing it for a while and you grew up in the business. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. But let's take down the whole you've been doing it, you know, as long as Hogan kind of vibe. You know, it's that's a little weird. And Brock Anderson... It is his first match, so I don't want to bury him because obviously we saw John Cena come out looking like a robot and John Cena turned into John Cena. And I'm not saying Brock Anderson's going to do that here, but he wasn't great. You know what I will say did stick out this week to me that has not stuck out before is that Cody He had a Rhodes, sweat stain on his ass. Well, Cody Rhodes has spent a lot of time <laughs> discussing how he did not want to just be known by his father's name. But him and his company sure spent a lot of fucking time talking about some fucking folks' dads. A lot. So, mm. you know what I mean? This kid would not, any other fucking kid with this guy's credentials would not have been in this spot. Yeah. If I could give uh, some advice to Brock Anderson from a viewer's perspective only. Again, I've never wrestled the match. I'm not going to tell you how to lock up and how to put a wrist lock on and all that shit. That's fucking have Cody tell you that. But from a viewer's perspective, uh, get some trunks that fit. If you're going to wear trunks, cause it look like you're wearing baggy underwear. And then I saw your ass stain. Cause maybe you shit yourself. I don't know. That was weird. Uh, and I don't know, be something other than like a lawn care guy. Cause that's the vibe you're giving off. And I don't no, know. He looks like, the sixth year graduate student of a frat house. You know what I mean? Like the guy's a little too old to be there. Right. Well, he definitely looks like the guy who still tells you his high school stats. Mm-hmm. You know, he played baseball and he struck out 12 people in an inning yeah. and he made it to sectionals he, as a second a baseman who will always, always, always every night hit the bar for happy hour with the guys before going home to the wife and kids. Yeah. Every night. And he'll always yeah. say, hey, kid, don't get married. It's such a drag. But he loves it. Yeah, He has, like, a membership to the country club, but he doesn't, like, actually golf. He'll, like, drag the things up there. They'll, like, put around for a little bit, and then they'll go drink. And, and he, you know what I mean? Acts like he's a golfer. Yeah, he definitely gives off a golfer vibe as well. But I don't know. So we'll see where this leads. Um, he's probably a great guy. He's probably a swell guy. This oh, character, you know what, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about. I'm assuming Please Brock don't come Anderson try to beat us up or anything, but like well, just you know. What I mean? Well, no. Again, all of this comes from even our like my hate for the Young Bucks. I don't know Matt and Nick personally. They could be good guys. I've never really seen it, but I'm saying they could be good guys. Can't know them now. They blocked you. But yeah, fuck them. Uh, but 
what I'm saying is all of this is from a viewer's perspective. So Brock Anderson could be the coolest guy in the room and, you know, uh, playing dice with all the cool guys like Eddie Kingston and Pantana Ortiz. But I don't know. But what the what I'm seeing is not captivating. We, we know Tom's officially not cool anymore when his reference to what the cool guys are doing is playing dice with the other cool guys in the room. You don't play dice? <laughs> Go in the corner, play some dice? Oh, of course. That's what all the cool guys do. If you're hanging out in a room by yourself, I guess that's what that's what I would do. Um, okay, so let's get Shuffle into some dice in the corner. Yeah, why not? Right. Let's get into as we always do the women's match before the, the main, main event. event. Yeah, <laughs> it was Julia Hart, who has a gimmick I do not like, taking on Penelope Ford, who was going solo. No, uh, no husband to her side no Miro although we would see him later it was Brit or excuse me it was um Penelope Ford all by Julie herself Hart taking on the... Julia Hart Julia Hart is that the varsity bonds varsity bonds yeah don't I don't like, like this I don't like it here's why I think it fits it fits because she was a two-time national champion cheerleader fucking cool man like I'm tired. This this goes back to when Alexa Bliss tried in NXT to be the like the princess thing. Now it's not as cringe worthy as what Alexa Bliss was trying back in NXT, but this has the vibes of a high school girl who's gonna get taken advantage of, and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like, like it. This whole varsity blondes thing, like I I I understand, but like we've tried this, like you know Alex Riley tried this. Not get it's Alex Riley, but yeah. Um, <laughs> can, I love that. His line is like, what are you doing with this nerd? Uh, Dang it, Brian. It's the only thing I'll ever remember. But um, what do you do with this, right? Like, you can only go so far with high school kids, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, high school letterman guys. Like, That's what I'm saying. Why are we allowing some teenagers to come get beat up in the ring then? Like, Well, so you're it. either saying two things to me with, with the varsity blondes. And again, Brian Pillman Jr. on Dark Side of the Ring was – Amazing. He was the best part of Dark Side of the Ring. His uh, interview talking about his father and then obviously talking about his own wrestling career after his father passed away. But when you're presenting the Varsity Blondes and Julia Hart, you're telling me one of two things. Either, like you said, this is a high school group that's going to get beat up by the real men and women in the room. Or some high school kids are going to beat up the real men and women. (laughs) Right. Or, or... These are the guys that are still going to senior prom two years after they graduated. They're not faces. And that's not cool either. So it's like you're fucked either way. Let's get rid of this varsity bullshit. It just screams. Something else blondes, right? I'm fine with that. Something. Play off of the the Hollywood blondes thing. Make it the fucking up and coming blondes for all I give a shit. You know what I mean? Make it like. Fucking, I don't know anything. Yeah, I agree. With I that. don't know. It, I just, I don't like, I like them again, repackage them as something else. And I'm all in, especially post-match. I really liked what Brian Pillman Jr. did here. But before we get there, uh, we did see uh, Penelope Ford defeat Julia Hart, which I thought was the right move because Penelope Ford was a former number one contender. Yeah. And I liked what she did there. Now, post-match, Miro comes out. And was like, hey, and I'm paraphrasing here, hey, fuck those guys. (laughs) And he said, I'm going to beat their ass. Yeah. And I like it. Well, I liked it. He was like, where's Kip? 
he's not here to protect you. So I'll show you how it's done. I'll protect you, right? And just yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it was post match. The Varsity Blondes were doing nothing of the sort to even harm yeah, Penelope right. Ford. Yeah, it was just yeah. a psychopath she, looking for a fight. She dominated the match by and large. And still, yeah. the crazy me was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill somebody. Yeah. It was just it. yeah. It's just those weird psychopaths that have to see themselves as the as the heroes. So they tell themselves, well, Penelope is obviously in distress. I need. To to save her when in reality Penelope's the one that's doing the low blows and you know poking the eyes but here comes Miro what I liked as I mentioned is Miro comes out and just seamlessly we get right into what now looks to be a Brian Pillman Jr. Miro feud I think we're going to get that on Saturday night or we're going to get it on the re- return to Wednesday night I don't know and again we don't Saturday fact check night, here I, I think I so too feel like they said that on like Elevation or Dark or something yeah yeah so um, I like that it just seamlessly went into Brian Pillman Jr. and Miro. And Brian Pillman Jr. did look like a guy that was like, you're not going to take advantage of me. I am going to kick your ass. I get who you are, but you got to understand who I am. And that's what I like from Brian Pillman Jr. Like, that's the character. Not, I threw six touchdowns when I was a junior in high school. I don't fucking care about that shit. Well, and here's the thing, too. is like, you, like what he's saying is like, look, like I think you understand. I understand you're going to beat the shit out of me. But I'm gonna make you do it because mm-hmm. it's still not fun. Like you're still yeah. gonna like I'm still gonna get some in on you. You're gonna go home and be like, God damn it! Like I'm just gonna make you do it, right? Like go yeah. through it. You're gonna over, right? yeah. You're you're gonna kick my ass, but you're gonna know you were in a fight. Right. Your hand's gonna hurt. Your fist right. is gonna right. you know be broken. Your eye is gonna be shut. Like you're gonna win, but I'm going to make you feel right. some of right. my pain. Right. I like that. Yeah, it better be worth it. Like, it better be, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I like that vibe. So we'll see where that goes. But now let's move into our main event. It was a trios match. It was Pena, El Zero Meadow, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston, and the elite hunter, Frankie Gazarian, taking on Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers. And I will say this every fucking week that we review AEW Dynamite until something fucking changes. I know what it is. Where is the tag team that's kicking the Good Brothers' ass? They're taking your spot in yeah. your own company. Why is no one mad that the Good Brothers are in a main event for a promotion they don't work for? Who? Yeah, nobody's, yeah. The acclaimed isn't pissed about the Good Brothers? Varsity Blondes? I mean, I understand they were in, you know, they got their ass kicked by Miro earlier, but like, no one. Bear Country? Bear Country. Well, I think one of them's hurt. Yeah. Jurassic Express, which I know you got Jungle Boy. The best friends. The best friends aren't mad that the Good Brothers. That's a that's a lesser name than best friends. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you might be some good brothers, but we're some. Best but we're friends. best friends. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, that's the better name. Here. You're supposed to be over there making an impact somewhere else. Right? Yeah. I just I do not get how no one in the tag team division again. This is the promotion for tag teams so we know you got them that no one's pissed off but i stop i stop I, I let's get back on track here this was fun eddie kingston is growing on me more and more each week as a baby face i just you know it all all the listeners by now know that eddie kingston's my favorite wrestler i just think we need to move him 
as quick as possible into a Miro feud. Miro being the unstoppable beast and Eddie Kingston being the every man. You're not going to, again, the you're going to beat my ass, but you're going to know you're in a fight. I think that's tailor-made Eddie Kingston Miro. We got to do the TNT championship right now. That's what I want. Uh, Pinta, Pinta is still, wow, wow. I will say this though about him. I get he can't speak English and we need some Spanish translator, but that guy is the biggest fucking dork. Yeah, he's big nerd. Oh my God. You know, you're a fucking dork when Tony Schiavone calls you a fucking dork. Like if Tony Schiavone's like this nerd walking out with Pinta, like, God dang, he's yeah. the king of these dorks. Tony Schiavone's calling you a nerd, dude. It's time to reevaluate. Yeah. So this match happens. We get Matt Jackson doing his heel stuff. We get the good brothers doing their heel stuff. The one thing I will say is, you know, uh, Matt Jackson and the good brothers get the victory because Nick Jackson comes in and sprays Pinta in the face with that uh, aerosol spray. And then um, I think it was Gallows or Anderson hit, hit uh, their finisher and they win. I, I will say, though, for being the elite hunter, we didn't do too much, I felt like, with Frankie Kazarian. I thought this could have been a spot where we see like, oh, shit. The elite better watch their ass because this guy is insane. And we didn't really get that. I this is think. where some of that whole like, well, we'll let people just come up with their own storylines and they can kind of run with it to a point. You still have somebody deciding what's going on TV and what's not, because like for this elite hunter to work, it needs to be a very heavily focused on storyline. It needs to weave in and out of the show. Mm-hmm. It needs to be long term. It does. It's not this. It's not all I think about and all I do is it needs to be more like taken the movie, right? And less like this is Frankie and all he does is want to beat up the elite, right? Like that, like, you know, it's not Festus when the bell rings here. Like, yeah, that's what's I, happening. I agree. It is It's more so. Yeah. It's he's, he's possessed with getting his revenge unless it's not in a match. And it's like, well, what the, what? And, yeah, you could have had him get disqualified. You could have had the the Matt Jackson Good Brothers get the victory because Frankie Kazarian does his finisher on Matt Jackson. One of the Good Brothers interrupts the pin. That just makes Frankie go nuts. He grabs a chair. We're beating everyone's ass. We got disqualified, but this guy's crazy. He wants to kill all of you. We're running to the back. Frankie Kazarian's chasing you off. That's how we end the show. Like That would be more captivating than... Frankie just has a new nickname and he doesn't like those guys. Like that's kind of what it felt like, but that was AEW dynamite. What did you think? It was again, another Friday night show started here in the one true time zone at nine o'clock went till 11 o'clock, which was kind of late for me. Um, but it was, uh, it was a good show. I thought, yeah, what do you mean, think? I don't think they're doing anything. That's like major big time, you know, all-time storylines that are going on here, but I think they are doing storyline progressions here and there. I think there's some spots we identified where we're like, yeah, this wasn't a home run. Uh, but I'll well, give this a B show, right? Right. I will still say, until it changes, I mean, this would be an all-time classic for Monday Night Raw if this was in WWE. Like, this would be that great of a show if it was in WWE because it's so bad over there. So comparing AEW to the rest of nationally televised shows – it was off the charts, but comparing it to its own high standard, it didn't meet that mark. Now, I will say, this coming Saturday is the next AEW Dynamite. If you recall, being an AEW Dynamite fan, 
the last time they did a Saturday night AEW Dynamite show, it was a TNT match between then-champion Cody Rhodes taking on Mr. Brody Lee, and we saw how that show ended. It was a squash match with Mr. Brody Lee looking like a million dollars. You had Anna Jay choking out Brandy up on the stage, and the Dark Order looked like they are about to take over. Now I ask you, this coming Saturday night, we have Jungle Boy Jack Perry taking on AEW champion Kenny Omega. Do we see something crazy? I don't the story, well, because here's the thing: the story that's being told of Kenny Omega is his ego yeah. is getting out of this yeah. world. I, I could see where they like they pull a hey for a night or until the next, you know, what I mean, dynamite. Jungle Boy's the champion, and then the whole super elite rallies to get it off of him the very next night in a rematch or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. I won't discredit that, but I don't see Jungle Boy defeats the mighty super elite and he is now our champion moving forward for four or five months or anything no like no, yeah. no 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 I, yeah i wouldn't see something like that i will say though you know one of the big creator uh, creative minds in AEW is chris jericho and if you recall back when chris jericho moved from that mid card to the main event scene is when in one night he defeated triple h but because of a fast count from Earl Hebner at the end of the show had to give the title back. I could see them stealing a page from an old Chris Jericho storyline. And if they kick off the show with jungle boy, Jack Perry taking on uh, Kenny Omega doing something like that. But then by the end, Don Callis has worked his way into Nope. The title goes back to Kenny Omega. Wouldn't be shocked. So you know, big Josh in the chat here. And by the way, join in on the chat. If you're watching live, says uh, if they know what's good for them, they'll have a shocker Saturday night. And, I mean, that may not be wrong. And having Jungle Boy and the whole crowd, oh, 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 and he's got the title and all that, I mean, that would be a shocker. That's not wrong. Again, I, I look, I, I agree with Josh, and, I, and I'm and i not trying to say, like, this is what I think they should do, but I think you could if you kick off the show with Jungle Boy as your champion, but by the end of the night, Don Callis has worked his way in or they found a technicality or something. And then by the end of it, Kenny Omega gets the title back. It, they could even do an instant rematch. Right. And then we're, we're doing an instant rematch. We want our rematch, you know, tonight and jungle boys like, yeah, I'm the man, whatever. I'll beat you again. And then that's when the super elite get involved and uh, you know, Nick or Matt Jackson costs jungle boy uh, the title. And then at the end of the night, Kenny Omega wins because then you would have your one night champion, right? Because all of these champions so far in AEW have been these legacy champions. Chris Jericho had it for a long reign. John Moxley has had it for you know had it for a long reign. Kenny Omega is starting to build up a long reign. So you need some variety. So a, people, right? And so you need some variety of like, well, this guy was just champ for a day, you know? Like Jungle Boy, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. Former AEW champion Jungle Boy, they could say forever, forever. So. It'll be interesting. I'm very, very uh, intrigued, and I'm uh, anxious, I will say, uh, with positivity for this week's AEW Dynamite on well, Saturday night. speaking of anxiety, let's talk about WWE uh. Uh, <laughs> and the whole WWE universe. 
Can I tell you something, Tim? Yeah. The emotions you just had me go through <laughs> were much like the MJF coin, where I was oh, in yeah. a good mood and you just plummeted me 67%. I've 63. 63. Oh, good. Yeah. You're only oh. 63% of everything. <sighs> MJF. Hey, man. MJF. I don't know what coin. I don't know how to get coins up, but like, get your coins up, MJF. Get them coins up, dog. Yeah. Oh man, Mister MJF. Oh my God! Really? I just now seen our backdrop. You are the worst. <laughs> you are the worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's uh-huh. talk about WWE. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It. Okay. So we had Hell in a Cell. Is obviously I think the biggest thing that we would talk about you know from a wwe standpoint what'd you think of hell in a cell from a generalized before we dig into anything too big about it i thought this was and i'm not here to pile on and say uh prisoner of the moment however i will say we started off hell in the cell matches with Shawn michaels and undertaker going through a war which then saw the debut of Kane. And we've had other classics such as the Royal Rumble Hell in the Cell with Triple H and Cactus Jack or you know Mick Foley. To go from those types of matches where we need something as a blow-off between a feud that can't be contained in a normal wrestling ring anymore to a roll-up? A roll-up victory is what um, ended your hell in the cell yeah. pay-per-view moment or pay-per-view match well come on and just it it felt like again and we'll talk about you know i'm not even going to bring up individual matches necessarily here but like in each of the hell in the cell matches they they brought out all the extra weapons too and it's like the point is not just that it's extreme you, the point is that you have done every fucking thing possible to murder this opponent and they won't go away and so you're reverting to all of this stuff but they're pulling kendo sticks and chairs and stuff out immediately and just that didn't add to the storyline that didn't the hell in the cell is the gimmick yeah exactly that's the gimmick the gimmick is because again you can tell the hell in the cell hell in a cell match one of two ways you could either say to your point we are going to kill each other because we have done all these other types of matches and we are still not satisfied with, you know, what we're trying to say here. Or you could say in the case of like, if the hurt business was still around, Drew McIntyre deserves a one-on-one confrontation with Bobby Lashley all outside for, you know, outside um, superstars or forces are kept out of this, right? Like that's another reason for the hell in the cell. But if you're just going to do a hardcore match and then a roll up, a roll up. Yeah, just come on. Roll up. And this is the other thing. If you were saying, hey, I want a roll up victory in my Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley match. Okay. But then switch spots with Bianca Belair and Bailey because that was a hell in the cell match. But it's also like. It's supposed to be the final match. <laughs> you don't roll up in the last chance to. 
again, I think, you know, we, uh, are of the same mindset where hell in the cell needs to be something that you build to not a gimmick pay-per-view that happens every year. It's dead. that is just, it's dead yeah. Now. Oh, it's so much. It's so dead that the next night, Xavier Woods just says, Hey Bobby, yeah. let's fight Matt. And why was it? Why was it above the ring? Well, because it's in the same spot. Yeah, it's in the Thunderdome. But, but like, yeah. I, man, uh... that didn't make sense at all. I mean, it was that was a better use of Hell in the Cell, though. I will say than what happened in Hell in the Cell, the pay per view. But why? Yeah, hey, we're gonna just use this as a one night only gimmick where it's it's up. So let's just do it. And we'll save some of the hell in a cell match talk because we have tweet the tables, which is a fun game. Uh, anybody watching live, uh, or, you know, throughout the week and play along, you go to Twitter, use hashtag tweet the table. We'll read them here on the show. Um, raw. Another big standout thing is the backdrop, Tom, Nikki cross. Now I'm hearing wind of this. This is Nikki cross's idea. Okay. It's bad. this This is her idea. Fucking um, so, don't let her have ideas. So, again, I, I, what I want to do is caution the whole, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they fuck with everything. It's like, hey, if she was like, hey, let me try this because they did fuck it, fine, whatever. And maybe, again, I have no doubts that this can be a fun thing that she does. She will get this over. I, I agree with, you know, Josh is saying that in the in the chat here that look at Hurricane and Mighty Molly. And I think she's got that kind of charisma and talent. But I just, what's the story that we'll, we'll get out of these? Well, here's the other thing that, again, I just don't understand is, okay, hey, uh, WWE Universe, I wanted to tell you about an alter ego that's always been living inside of me. It's Super Nikki or whatever the fuck we're calling her, right? Fine. I'm actually not a critic of how we presented, because the promo itself was good. And how she said, like, I am this, again, the presentation of it looked really shitty, but the story of it, I was totally fine with. But that super Nikki, or whatever the fuck we're calling her, is teaming with crazy Alexa Bliss, who they were best friends. And oh, by the way, Alexa Bliss fucked this girl up. And now we're just going to have them team together and not acknowledge any of that shit that didn't happen. That wasn't like years ago. That wasn't like the nineties. That was six months ago. Yeah. And hear hear me out. Like I get, you're trying to be captain confidence here, but confidence also entails standing up to somebody who fucked you over. Your tag team partner. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand that at all. I mean, yeah, I don't have high hopes for this. I really don't. And I just, so the raw, card that we went through here it's a shuffling of the deck now it's riddle versus drew mcintyre it's xavier woods versus bobby it's like we we just let go people because we had too many people but we're still cycling the same eight folks against each other like like we only have allow eight people in the building like i don't understand what we're doing here well yeah because you know i'm still of the mindset that keith lee and i don't believe i don't I don't care what Dave oh, Meltzer. Sh- uh, yeah, I don't fucking him. care, but I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't care. I still think if you had COVID and your fat ass can't get up and move around, you got long-term COVID effects, and that's why we're not seeing Keith Lee. But we're not seeing Keith Lee. We're also not seeing Damian Priest. Where did that guy go? I like him. Friend of the COVID. show. Something. But, like, we're not seeing a lot of people. 
And these matches at least had a purpose. It's, hey, they're going to be qualifiers for Money in the Bank. Again, not the greatest story in the world, but at least Matt Riddle taking on Drew McIntyre has some stakes to it instead of just like, you know, Matt Riddle versus Drew McIntyre. So, okay. But yeah, to your point, the same six, seven people are filling a three-hour show, and I don't get it. Maybe we're just waiting to get back on the road, and that's when all the fun bells and whistles come back. But man, but it's even the same on SmackDown. Like they're just cycling through the same folks over there too. Like I don't, and I, I don't know how TV contracts work, right? If if Fox and USA Network are like, we demand a new show each and every week, and if that's the case, okay, I get it. But like, if you're just gonna be in a pause state, run some best ofs, right? Show me some best ofs. Stone Cold for the hour of the three hour. Like, don't just give me, hey, viewer, hold on until August. We'll be coming at you in August. It's like, okay, well, then I'm gone. And don't be mad when your viewership is, you know, 90 people or whatever it is. So I don't know. If if they're going to be in a holding pattern, I'd rather it just be reruns or best of series that would make it a little bit more interesting in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and I, even on the NXT side of things, like there wasn't a whole lot there. They introduced a new stable that was underwhelming. Diamond stud. Yeah, diamond. Now mine. diamond mine yep. or whatever. Diamond stud was DDP. I think Uh diamond mine. I will say this. Uh, Roderick strong, fantastic wrestler, but he is the man that charisma forgot. So him leading a faction, not great, but Malcolm Bivens is money getting him with a microphone in front of your TV. I'm all for. So if it's more Bivens than strong, I think this faction is going to be great. If it's more strong and then Bivens plays like a role as Paul Heyman does with Roman Reigns, this is going to suck in my opinion. I don't need Roddy the body having like an elevated spot here. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. And, and I will say this, at least it was interesting that they went after Kushida, the, the 205 yeah. live champion, right? It wasn't just another guy goes after carrying cross. It was like, no other titles matter here. So we're going to have someone who's debuting or this faction debuting going after a different champion. I will give them credit for that. That was captivating. And I do like the Kyle Riley, Adam Cole. That's starting to just grow on me more and more. Because I almost feel, and I think I saw this on Twitter, but I almost feel like they're becoming the Peter Griffin and chicken of NXT. If you remember, do you remember Peter Griffin and the chicken, how they always fight no matter where they're at? Yeah. That's how they're starting to feel. And I like that. I think they should fight at every event and press conference you have. If it's a press conference for NXT, Great American Bash, whatever it is, and Triple H and Shawn Michaels are talking about how, you know, Raquel Gonzalez is going to have a great NXT women's match. And then like Shawn Michaels gets rolled up on because Adam Cole got thrown into him. And it's just Kyle Riley and Adam Cole fighting on top of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Like, I think that's great. Just have them fight everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I think that uh, that's always lends itself to great rivalries, right? And, mm-hmm. and these two know each other very well and would be down for a long-term rivalry with each other and would know how to pull that off. So I, I'm down for that. I, why not? Um, all right. Let's get into tweet tables because these all do center around WWE. So it's going to help us flow through this WWE topics. And tweet the tables is a fun interactive game that you can play at home. You go to Twitter. And just use hashtag tweet the table when you're talking about wrestling. We'll read them right here, right? Tom, you ready for hey, this? Hey, hold on. Yeah. What is jo- I have nothing against Southern people. Why does he say I hate oh. Southern people? Remember, you used, you had to apologize to the big Josh. Oh, those were the good days. That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, big Josh knows, man. A leopard don't. I don't spots. hate Southern people. You know I, mean? I lived in Georgia for a year. I don't hate you all down there. Yeah, there's a few of you hanging around there that I don't dislike. Yeah. Uh, all right. I like Josh. Josh is great. Go LSU. Let's go to at Devil Vamp. He says, totally agree with T-Mac about the big lady and the pretty lady comments. However, isn't the same thing going on with AJ and his partner? To be fair, they have done the same setup with guys too. Hashtag still bad. Hashtag tweet the table. And before you jump in, Tom, I want to jump in. I think the difference here is that that's not – A, yes – nobody's body shaming Amos, right? And they and they shouldn't, but that's not the same feel that I'm getting. That was bodyguard who will kick your ass and you can't fuck with him versus, look, I'm getting somebody else to do my, you know what I mean? Like my dirty work and, and look at me when nobody thought, like it's just a totally different feel. Now, I, I will agree that they didn't hit the nail over the head of it's a pretty lady and a fat lady. Isn't that weird, right? They didn't come out and expressly say that. But it did come off with that feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I will say this was a great point because it, although it's not exactly apples to apples, it's not that much different. Now, again, to your point, it is almost saying like I am the muscle and AJ jumping behind him saying like, huh, you can't touch me. You can't touch me because almost is in front of him. And even Marie is doing the, like, I'm too good to wrestle Naomi. So I'm making this fat girl do it. Like it's little differences, but it's similar. I will say that. So credit to devil vamp for that point. What I will say though, is on raw, it felt like they instantly said, you know what? We heard backlash. We don't like this wiping our hands of it. Cause I guess I'm still going to call her Piper Niven. I'm not calling her do what drop. was it? Yeah, dude. I'm not calling her dude. Drop. Piper Niven. You drop like it was, I... get it out of here. Yeah. Get it out. Of here. Yeah. Uh, I like though that they said, "Hey, even Marie, you're not treating me like trash. I'm out of here." And so maybe this is already dissolving in front of our eyes. But I liked how we already pulled the trigger on like ascension between the two of them. Yeah, it just feels weird. Like the whole thing, like, like it feels like they were like, "Even Marie's coming back," and everybody was like, "Boo!" And they were like. Oh, even Marie's still coming back. And we were like, boo. And they were like, okay, still coming back. We're like, okay. And it shows up and we're like, yeah, it still sucks. Like we thought. And then you've got like the same gimmick you ended her with. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, we're no, it's like, the same like, thing. Yeah. Like, so like, and now you're insulting our intelligence with acting like we shouldn't know who this person is changing their name to a ridiculous fucking name. And I'm just like, I'm, it's got to stop. None of this will ever get over now. You've got to completely abandon it. I feel like they are too. And yes, uh, by the way, going back to the chat. Yes, I did live there for one year. Uh, 1515 Bricksworth Place, Atlanta, Georgia. You can look it up. That's where I was at, homie. All day. Hanging out. 
loving life. Then I ran out of money, had to come back home. (laughs) Just like I ran out of money because of MJF. What the fuck? Why did I have to think of that? I was almost, I totally almost forgot about it. And then I just, money. Losing that money. We'll get there. It's to the moon, baby. MJF coin, to the moon. You know what would help, though, Mm. Tim? Mm. If our loyal listeners would at least just donate a dollar. SpanishNounceTable.net. You can go up there. There's a PayPal link up there to donate. Oh, we could use all the dollars you got because Tom put everything on the MJF coin. Everything. 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 Repo the Lambo. That always sucks. At Katie First Lady says, great opener with Bailey and Bianca. I like that Bailey was trying to learn from her mistakes from last time and using Bianca's hair was smart. Great job by both. Hashtag tweet the table. Now, I will say they use the hair in a unique way in mm-hmm. that match. And this match is probably maybe the best match. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, but, again, it just the story build to it wasn't anything. You know what I mean? And so I just don't – I don't know. Yeah. I, I will always say that along with you, that if the build isn't good, 99% of the time, no matter how good that match is, I'm probably not going to be invested into what the outcome is. Now, as you said, I thought this was the match of the night, and I liked how Bailey acknowledged her history in Hell in the Cell by trying to learn from her past. So that was, again rewarding the the viewers for watching the program not just hey i'm just gonna watch it for tonight and what happens oh i just know everything now and that's what happens and let's move on right so it was it was a good reward for the viewer if you were gonna do the again if you're gonna do the bobby lashley roll-up bullshit switch these two matches let's end with bianca belair and and bailey hey uh oh yeah, I saw the chat. No, we're always open we for a beer sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't never went away. Tweet the table from Katie the First Lady, and I will chime in on this match. But on the chat right now, we got Big Josh saying, "I'm disappointed y'all don't do the beer sponsor of the week anymore." Fear not, we do always not be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, you go to the SpanishDownsTable.net, you donate some money, tell us like, "Hey, go pick up this kind of beer." Or if it'll ship, ship it directly to us. It get hit with me, I'll give you how to ship. Yep. You know what I mean to us. Uh, hit us up on the table show uh, Twitter, you know, or tableshowgmail.com if you want to ship it directly, or just tell us what to buy if we can buy it here in the local KC area. Uh, always, always donate. Just make sure you cover the fucking bill. You know yeah, I mean? just make sure it covers the actual cost of the beer. But before, we, yeah. yeah, but before we get back to Katie, Katie's tweet, because I do want to hear your response to it, I will say whoever does become the beer sponsor of the week will be the first beer sponsor of the week on YouTube. On YouTube, that's right. You'll like actually see us drink because I've heard you guys and girls trying to call our bluff saying that we weren't actually drinking the drink. We did every single time. And so if you become a beer sponsor a week, you will see it live and on we YouTube. Tell how great you are. You will get it. all the compliments all the just compliments. like MJF got all of you'll, my money. You'll be as confident as Captain Confidence Nikki Cross. Yeah, Molly Holly back here. All right. Um yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I just, the match, you know, it it is it is what it is, I guess. I, I just am never, I think they did a great job. It was match of the night. They did a good story mm-hmm. in the match, right? They told the story. This is all the things we want. I just had no reason to care who won or lost. 
And so I didn't care who won or lost. So I applaud them for their efforts. I think they did great athleticism. They actually told a story. It wasn't just flippy moves, right, to be athletic, which is what we pine about. So I would give them a solid B plus, even A minus, you might say. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. it's just like I want to have a reason, and laughing in her face was never it. Right. I think we are both uh, in agreement that you can have a C-plus match if you have an A-plus build, and that will get us hooked into the future instead of a C-minus build and an A-plus match because the the consequences of the finish is not in right. any type of peril or interest of us or uh, for us. All right, well, let's hit back. And we've got – he's joining us on the chat right now live, which you can too. On the YouTube, we go live Thursday nights. Big Josh at the Rebel Trucker says, hashtag tweet the table. It's a travesty that Cesaro hasn't had a main event run. I'm hoping Mania next year he could get that push. Hashtag uh, Hell in a Cell. And I don't know if it's a travesty. Guys, I don't know. He, I don't think he's got the, the – I'm sure he's got some charisma. Like, if we were in the room with him, he'd probably be an interesting guy. He'd probably be enthralled in conversation with him all night. But he doesn't have the – I'm on stage, look at me as the, you know what I mean, I'm the the main event guy. At least it has not come across yet, and I haven't seen it. Well, see, I think he does in the sense of a visual. He he wins the award every week for, uh, you know, best getting off the bus award, right? Like, he looks like a champion wherever he's going. And then he opens his mouth, and you go like, what the fuck is this? And that's where he loses me. He hasn't cut a pro. I don't even really know what his fucking voice sounds like because he doesn't talk that much. And, and like, again, like we've kind of said this entire tweet the table segment, you gotta tell stories more than just a match. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, I mean, I recognize his voice because it is a unique accent and voice, but, and, and I mean, I've heard of on podcasts and stuff, but like, I just, there's no. He hasn't made me care about somebody beating him up or him beating somebody up. I just haven't seen it yet. So I just, I don't know. I like, I, it wouldn't bother me. Again, I think, like, like we talked a long time ago, like, could he be the Heyman guy a long time ago? In in some ways, yes, he could be a main event level guy holding the, the title because he's got the look and you could make up a storyline around somebody who doesn't have great speaking skills. We do it on Brock Lesnar. Obviously, yeah. is, you know, a very extreme on the other aspects of his game. But so Cesaro, I mean, for fuck's sake. But like Cesaro, if I believe if you're going going to push Cesaro with the skills that he has, and he's been doing this long enough, and I don't want to discredit him, but it's kind of like you're not going to teach an old dog new tricks uh, kind of analogy. He's been doing the same thing since his ROH days. Even though you, you did the wrestling machine thing with Kurt Angle because he was the Olympic wrestling guy, I think that's the only type of character that's going to get Cesaro over where it's like, I don't fucking care who's in this ring. I'm going to beat every single person. Just how Kurt Angle had that intensity. Maybe that's the missing ingredient for Cesaro is the intensity kind of falls flat. And again, all of his promos have sucked. I, they bad. All right. Back to back to the Twitter at Katie. First lady says loved the physicality between Rhea and Charlotte. Maybe in hindsight, this should have been the second Hell in a Cell. But given the way the match ended, it's going to continue with some sort of stipulation next month. Hashtag tweet the table. I just don't care about this either. I mean, again, physicality was there, but not for a reason, right? Like, 
Why are they beating each other up with objects already just because they have a little bit of professional jealousy? Like, this doesn't make sense. Well, on top of that, who's the good person? Who's the good guy? Yeah, your champ celebrated winning via a disqualification, right? Like, yeah. keeping her title, not losing via disqualification and keeping the title. So she the heel, but Charlotte's the heel, right? Is she? The, like, I... Yeah, it, it's two people that I want to both lose. It's like in an MMA fight, right? If Colby Covington fought um, Jorge Masvidal, right? I want both of those guys to lose by knockout. They both suck as people. Well, Jorge Masvidal, you know, and Colby Covington was the MAGA guy. Remember the MAGA guy that was reading the Donald Trump yeah, book and he got his jaw broke? You know, that, he's a horrible person yeah. uh, in real life, too. But like... It's two people in, in Charlotte and Rhea that you're telling me a story of. I dislike both of them. Right. So what the fuck do I care? You know what needs the payoff is turning someone baby face, whoever that is. I would say Shayna Baszler. I think that would be the perfect call here. Yeah. And have Shayna Baszler during their match have it end in disqualification, right? It's Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. Have this end in disqualification to the point where the fans are like, this is bullshit. We've had enough. And then you have Shayna Baszler go like, I'm beating both of you bitches up. It's my time now. And then we're like, oh, fuck. New blood in the title picture. Go Shayna. Like, that's what I think you should do because this is not it. Bye-bye. Like that idea at all. All right, let's go to at Devil Vamp says, I own the DVD box set of old guy reference. I own the DVD box set of Hell in a Cell. None of these matches would have made it or deserved to make it on that box set. Hashtag tweet the table. Um, yeah, I mean. You I got a favorite Hell in the Cell match? If I, mean, I were to say, I mean, I you know, I I don't know because I, I nothing. I, it's not coming to mind like to think of all the lineage of them off the moment. But obviously, the Mankind Undertaker one was an amazing match for so many reasons and implications. Looking back, the first one set the tone. Obviously, um, those spring to mind. But I mean, what's your favorite Hell in a Cell match? My favorite one is the retirement match between uh, Triple H Ooh, and. Yeah. Cactus yes, Jack yeah. McFoley, but yep. modern era, because that was the Attitude Era, I would still say the Usos versus the New Day, because that had a great build of like, we're the two best here, this uh, th this tag division isn't big enough for the both of us. I thought that match was like incredible. Those are my two probably favorite matches these, in Hell in the Cell. These, a lot of these are bottom barrel. These were what we call dog shit. <laughs> This dropped. This pay per view dropped quicker than MJF's coin and my oh, savings. Oh my god! Yeah, Tom. Sorry about that. Well, let's get to the final tweet the table at Big Josh or Big Josh at the Rebel Trucker. God, I always mess that up. Uh, says hashtag tweet the table. Well, well, there goes my theory of a returning Roderick Strong taking down Karrion Cross. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You should have ran that theory by us. I don't know that I would have. I well, mean, I as, actually, a, as, as a guppy to the to the shark, maybe. Well, I thought because, remember, he gave his res resignation papers and said, like, I'm out of here. I thought that was going to be Karrion Cross saying there's no more talent for me to beat up. And then the returning Roderick Strong says, oh, there's one guy you haven't one beat. And then, left and then gets right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah. uh I uh, I venture sometimes on the Peacock Network, uh -huh, yeah, uh, and Peacock just watch some things, right? Yeah. yeah, I saw a main event. I get my hands on the Peacock once in a while, but I say uh, I saw a main event. 
We're already putting Karrion Cross in matches with Shelton Benjamin. And he didn't have his wife or whoever she is. Scarlett. Yeah, word is that they may split them up and send him up to the main roster already. They're going know. to split up. Why? What? Who? Who is she going to lip sync for? I feel like I think there's a thing where Vince has to like be like, okay, but this needs a little bit of tweaking because clearly it could be better if I do this, right? This is wrong about this. I think it's a complex like that. I think something has to be changed to justify being whomever's doing it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah, I, I, I saw him on main event and I said, what in the fucking hell? And he didn't have his girl and she's not going to get over by herself. This isn't like sanity when sanity went up and Nikki cross stayed down in NXT. Cause she was crazy. And she was really the best part of that group. It wasn't any of that. Or even when Enzo and Cass went up to the main roster and Carmella stayed back because they were going to push her as a single star, like Scarlett, I've never really seen her wrestle. I've seen her wrestle maybe a couple matches on impact, but man, nope. She, she is the new Lana. We need to keep her with Karrion Cross. She's not going to do anything well. Yeah, I don't think any, like, uh, yeah, Again, not discrediting relationships in pro wrestling anyway because of the storyline potential for fuck's sake. Well, because the real life and it's here, realism, right? It's, yeah, that's what I mean. Here, here's yeah, because I've heard the criticism. It's not as much now, but back when all these factions in AEW were coming about. But like, if we're going to say some of this is real, right? We need to have more wrestlers with friends and lovers. That's real. It's real. I I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone in any professional setting, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, fighting, hockey, that goes, I am a singular person with no friends and no family. I am a lone wolf who hits this baseball as hard as I can. Like, no one is that way. Every profile on every favorite athlete of yours is i got a wife or i got my brother i got my dad i got my friends like it's something a lot of them the alpha males that they are are often entertaining a many and are not faithful and that's where the storylines come in yeah i just everyone is a lone wolf yeah again i keep talking about shows like mtv's the challenge and big brother and things where these alliances happen you have relationship alliances you have you know what I mean? I need to get ahead. I have enemy of my enemy alliances. Like, start doing this, and they're just not doing it. It's weird. It's so weird. Well, but AEW is. I will say, like, in pro wrestling, AEW is taking those chances. I still think that they need to have some more relationships. I think, like, a fun, silly couple for a couple months, Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy would be fun on my television. But, yeah, they need to start. I know they have Brandy and Cody, but they need more relationships you know penelope ford and kip sabian i guess is another one but you get what i'm saying yeah well um let's let's do this tom one last time let me put up the graphics so everybody knows i have bought that, a... that we are down 63 percent uh of everything apparently from tom um he put everything on this mjf coin that just came out this week which you all can still buy you know you're supposed to buy the dip tom instead of what we bought i guess I don't have any more savings, Tim. Well, you have 37% of it wrapped up in MJF coin. I don't like it. Anyway, join us next week uh, for the next live edition of uh, the Spanish Dance Table. 
Hi. The Spanish announce table.